This is the Two Marketeers podcast, where hosts and marketing experts Sean Patrick and Lindsay Waugh seek to uncover what makes brands so powerful and how they impact modern society and culture. Picking up where we left off in part one of our two-part interview with Alina Mazar-Kuzma of Fuse Create, Alina talks about what it was like to launch a rebranded creative agency during the early weeks of a global pandemic. We hope you enjoy the conversation. We sure did. This is so great. Let's talk a little bit about this change because your story, what you just told us is, I mean good on you, right, for taking initiative, for thinking of it and literally positioning it as strategy. Because sometimes strategy can be a bit muddy. (laughs) Not the strategy itself, but what strategy even is. But clearly, in the scenario you explained, the culture existed as such, Mm -hmm. where you felt safe, you felt empowered, you had a voice, and you you had their trust, and they had your trust. Mm-hmm. I think that's a perfect segue to talk about the rebranding of Fuse or to Fuse Create. Let's just talk about that with the understanding of you were building a business based on designing the experience for the people who do it. A hundred percent. So we rebranded to Fuse Create three years ago um, in March 2020. Perfect. <laughs> that sounds like such an easy time of year. Must have been a walk in the park. What happened? Something something else happened. It wasn't the launch of Fuse. Our entire world changed. Yeah, (laughs) it was the entire world changed. Why not change uh, the business, you know? Exactly. Why not just blow it up? Uh, Well, four years ago, actually, um, Steve Miller, who's my partner in crime, uh, he's the executive creative director at Fuse. He was at One Method for a very long time, an awesome advertising and design agency. Um, he had come over to Fuse and it was a really interesting time for us at this point. I've been at the shop for about four years. Um, the world is changing, the agency's changing. And again, working for entrepreneurs, they're always looking to what's next, where to from here, how are we growing? And, you know, I had come entrepreneurs who succeed, (laughs) just so we're clear. Right. Good. That's a good, um, good correction. Thank you. Uh, entrepreneurs who succeed. And at the time, that's when I was also going through the evolution of experiential and trying to, you know, drive to this more creative space with experiential and the business, trying to change the business model. And we knew that we needed to make a big investment in creative. That was our next stage as an agency. And uh, that's where Steve came along. And he, you know, was an amazing addition to our team and our culture to really focus in on how do we get us to that next level and how do we actually make creative a a cornerstone of the agency Uh, and then came the rebrand so we decided we didn't want to do it ourselves because you know what do we know like you're just kind of you're we're too close to it the shoemaker son I think as as strategists and lead creatives, we agree that it is about objectivity is the role that ensures good strategy (laughs) Big time. So we worked with an incredible branding agency, uh, Jackknife, and uh, also a Canadian independent, a really, really great organization. And they helped us, you know, build out our brand, build out our brand house, build out our visual identity. And there were a couple of interesting things that happened. 
The first thing was that our values almost stayed the same. And the values were created by the original founders um, who are still involved in the business 20 years ago when they started the business, they sat in a room at King and Spadina and whiteboarded their values. And we had, we kept almost all of them except for one. And the one we changed, uh, it was originally courage and we evolved it to bravery. That was the only slight change, big difference. What's the difference? What was the difference to you? Courage almost felt like a bit passive, right? It felt like you, we are going to, we're going to amp ourselves up to be this thing. Right. Bravery to me feels active. It feels like it demonstrates courage. It demonstrates courage and bravery means you are already courageous. Now you're actually going to do the thing that you say you're going to do every single day is bravery. Love it. So the first aha for us was we were not that far away from who we want to be when it came to our values, which is always like a really good feeling to have. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The second aha for us was, um, you know, we built out Fuse Create and the idea of Fuse Create is to do work that turns heads. Really simple. And work that turns heads is integrated it's across all pieces of our business and the goal was for creativity to be at the core of our culture that was the cultural shift and i remember steve miller standing in front of the agency i remind him of this constantly actually when we're having bad days i remind him of this moment because i'm like (laughs) you went through that we went through that we can go through this And so he stood in front of the agency and he had this presentation and the first slide of the presentation was um, creative, creative over everything. That was the first slide slide of the presentation. And, you know, you had a whole bunch of account people and strategists and production people just like, you're like, "Ah!" you could feel the anxiety in the room. Everything. Exactly. Exactly. And it was like create. And then he had multiple slides like creative over profit, creative over clients, creative over like it was literally everything. And then he stopped with it's not about the creative department over everything. It's creative over everything. Mm-hmm. And so can we, can we, we just we, can we just take a moment here? We'll pause. Yeah, let's pause. I'm a little bit emotional. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Creative over everything. Well, no, I, like it's interesting because we've just we've been talking about so <laughs> much around how creativity is not the creative department department's job solely. Especially mm. now, there was a time it fit. Yeah, that's right. Oh, the yeah. evolution has come to that creativity needs to be the responsibility of everyone in a collaboration to get to the best work. It's no longer like a year job is creative and strategy person or account, you better zip it on the creativity because like stay in your lane. So that's, that's a right. very pivotal shift, not only in the industry, but how it sounds like you brought it to life for your company. Well, it was a real eye opener for me when we had that discussion was, you know, it's the frenemy thing, but Lindsay goes, was talking about her early days as a strategist. I mean, talk about your parents not knowing what you're doing, but anyways, um, <laughs> that part's still fuzzy. that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, you know how you have to answer like occupation on forums sometimes oh, everyone's like, so what is a strategy consultant? Exactly. Like literally everybody. You should like, say okay. that'll be $5,000. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Anyways, exactly. The, the conversation was about, Lindsay talks about this pivotal moment 
But what was really interesting to me is she's talking about when she was a first strategist and it was our job to really like take the idea and maybe go grab some stats, whatever, to support it, right? And that was our job. And sometimes it felt like we were just running around the creative saying like, what do you need? What do you need? And I'm kind of like, as a creative, I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. I said, and you knew that. And she's like, oh yeah, we knew the pecking order. So it just, it triggered when you said, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. that's the shift is changing how you look at what creative is it's not necessarily a department it's actually everyone's job i even said to an agency partner yesterday like my strategy's job is still in service of creative to me but it doesn't mean that my job is also not to be creative like everyone's job is creative everyone's job yeah especially when you work at a company that says creative above everything else right it's okay i get what my job is here yeah. I mean, lots of people didn't like that that was their job now, to be honest with you. I think <laughs> it's scary. It was it was a, it was a, it was a really interesting Risk. time. And when you talk about, you know, when we started to work on the Fuse Create brand, you know, we're looking at beautiful creative coming from Jackknife and like really fun little animations of how the logo comes to life, you know. And so it became the, the branding exercise was super fun. But then when we were like, OK, it's not just for this to actually be successful this can't just be a branding exercise right like Mm -hmm. that's not the whole point and the point is to actually shift culture and live and breathe what we believe in which is creative creativity over everything and doing work that turns heads and that doesn't again sit with the creative department it sits with every single person and that means you price things differently. That means you produce things differently. That means you speak to your client differently. That means you pitch business differently, right? Like it means it, that means our finance team needs to act differently because they need to understand what we're trying to do at the end of the day and come to us supportively to say, hey, how can I help? Mm-hmm. So it was a actually a huge shift for people where it took a lot of people out of their comfort zone um a lot of even on a senior leadership standpoint backs went up right because they're like well i believe that you know i believe that production needs to do it doesn't matter you know mm-hmm. who the department doesn't matter anymore that's it, is it the culture of everyone coming together towards this like higher power goal yeah that. so it's fair to say that you guys choosing to be creative before anything else was exactly what you just said it was blowing up Mm -hmm. to some degree the model where departments work in silos exactly exactly and we were built on departments working in silos (laughs) yeah so talk about that what does it look like now like how how is it evolving big it's it has it is at 180 you know when the we were built on each department has silo and we were service-based Right, so we had a digital department, a social department, mm-hmm. we had experiential. Um, now we're, you know, when when we said this, and we said, okay, we've got. So when we took when the brand launched in March 2020, you know, three weeks into the pandemic, when we realized this thing is not going away, we're like, fuck it, let's Sorry, launch it, let's launch this. Baby. I was like, let's <laughs> let's just do it, let's just do it. At this point, it's it's time nothing's got nothing's happening we might as well and also experiential at the time to paint a picture was 40 percent of our business and one fine day at the end of march you know <laughs> everyone decided to 
stay home. So that just <laughs> disappeared. 40% of her yeah. business just disappeared. Wow. Absolutely. And so it, the t this was the best time actually to do this because we needed to do something. <laughs> like you just feel like we needed to do something. You need some purpose here. <laughs> Exactly. And so when we launched the brand, we realized that the industry was responding really well. You know, our clients were getting excited. We were invited to some really interesting pitches. We, you know, the the, the line even turn heads was landing. So it, the industry and trade and clients had started to really go, oh, yeah, I like this. This is cool. This makes sense. But internally, the it was incredibly challenging. I mean, mm -hmm. then you add COVID to the mix where obviously everybody was going through an existential crisis and, you know, every day was a mental health war. Um, but on top of that, we've got people who are used to doing work a certain way. We've got to really get them together. We've got to build a collaborative culture where no one knows how to use Zoom and try to do it all virtually. And it was really, really tough. It wow. was possibly the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Because... Well, especially when you think of your, your role in all that. <laughs> yeah making everything operate yeah we didn't have all the answers and we hadn't solved the problem and we were aspiring to be an agency that honestly we weren't that agency yet so as we're going through it we realized that it was an internal effort and we had to totally re honestly we restructured the teams we restructured how we work we restructured processes we exited some roles we exited some people uh, brought in some new people um, and completely sort of restructured the agency. And I think the realization for us that first year and even that second year, um, and the second year was when we got on the small agency of the year list, strategy small agency of the year, and we won bronze that second year of Fuse Create. Cool. Okay. A thing um, but the f the first year we're just like struggling to survive the second year in 2021 is when we just like started to completely change the experience of the agency internally from okay. departments to processes to how we work to what we believe in to how we answer a client brief to what our account team's job is in talking to clients about creativity all of it um, and that's where we you know lost some people gained some people landed the vision um and after a very 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 hard year it was tough and i mean to the extent where steve and i every morning at 8 a.m were meeting to talk about people challenges wow every morning oh because i thought you were gonna so say you were getting much. drunk but maybe. oh i wish okay. no every morning no, at 8 a.m every morning <laughs> Because we're like, there's, we just need, we need to be aligned. What you're saying, yeah. I need to say. What I'm saying, you need to say. So you need to know the 10 conversations I had yesterday and everything I said so that when those people inevitab inevitably in this digital world try to go between you and I, we're both saying the exact same thing. So like we had such diligence to our relationship and the fact that we needed to be singing from the same songbook that it then sort of infiltrated right through the teams through the leaders through people and it allowed us to really then build the team and culture that put creativity at the core of the agency the interesting thing from like a strategy point of view is that once you hand over the brand people are like great 
we got a new brand. But if like from your experience and the way that you're describing it, it that's only when the work begins, right? The integrating yeah. it is the thing and all the time it's like what happens next and that as you that's like strategy. you say get it to flow through the business and what a challenge that is that's when the real work starts a hundred percent and and having people who aren't us that are champion uh, by us i mean myself and steve and our owners people who aren't us being champions and repeating it back to you and saying no actually this doesn't fit our vision this doesn't you know like the the my line this year as we look at you know we're we like true planners we finished our first three-year brand plan and with fuse create we're on to our next three-year brand plan that we're currently working on in the process of finalizing and you know my line that i say to everyone is we need to be completely uncompromising towards our vision and uncompromising is the word, right? Like anything that doesn't get us to that or anyone that doesn't believe in that or any process that doesn't achieve that, it's not good enough. Change it, fix it, you know? Find the right people process thing because we have to be uncompromising towards that to be successful. You are reinvigorating me right now. I'm feeling like Yay! energized by your vibe here. Let's go take over the world, Lindsay, I'm in. Another thing I think is really interesting and in it is you need a visionary and you need a vision maker. You need the person who can bring that vision to life. I, in my best circumstances, I am not a visionary. I don't even, because then, then my, yeah. And because my creativity without a box, like Lindsay will put it without that sort of like, but why are we doing this? And what are, I love challenges. The more challenges, the clearer it is what you, you have to do as a, as a designer, right? Steve is a visionary. He had the chutzpah yeah, to stand mm -hmm. up there, very vulnerable, knowing how it would probably f fly or not. But he had mm -hmm. that sort of, as a visionary, it's, your, you know, uh, a, a great mentor of mine always said, you start off as the crazy man on the mountain or the crazy person on the mountain, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody loves visionaries. Every visionary starts a small, you know, a startup, blah, blah, blah. But it's not gonna happen unless there's a person who knows and loves bringing visions to life. So mm -hmm. it's when you talk about you and Steve and somehow how you found each other and you're that perfect melding was, he was the visionary, you were the bringer to life. And both roles mm -hmm. feed each other, but you're doing it because that's what that's where you see reward bringing something to mm -hmm. life where he sees reward is you know coming up with a thought challenging you know the status quo and going like there's got to be a better way to do this and i think mm -hmm. that's really important and, and i'd love to say you went about this perfectly and everything was great i mean anything that could go wrong probably did go wrong yes, and Lindsay and i will so. always when we're retelling stories of you know good stories from uh, days of your, you know, we often talk about our own personal experiences as, as people who are independent consultants. It's not easy. So as much as Alina might be talking and it sounds like, yeah, you just have to do it this way. She said it, I think at one point you said it was hard, 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 hard year. Um, mm -hmm. So it's that combination of the hard, the things, and then the things that just fall into place feel right. And that is finding your people. And that is finding your value Critical. in that dynamic and always every day at 8 a.m. reminding yourself that those people in that dynamic are what motivate you. 
big time. The people are at the core of it. And I mean, this is why we do what we do. And the people doesn't just extend to us internally. It also extends to our clients. You know, I think we've been very, very, very selective on who we bring to the family. Um, we don't take on a lot of RFPs. We don't take a lot of new clients. We want our clients to respect us, value us. The value equation is important to us. Um, and my comment earlier where, you know, we still struggle with experiential comes back to that. I think, you know, we are looking for clients that are, when we see an RFP or a client ask that is price related, um, and that's the first thing they're asking us, we say no. It is like a rule. If the first step of the RFP is a pricing exercise, we say no. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do the procurement dance off the bat. Ah, the nope. dance, the game. That's the, dance. the difference between courage and bravery, right? Bravery right. is saying, "Thanks, I know you're looking for three. You're, you're about to hand over a three million dollar piece of business, but we're not going to do it this way. Here's how we do it. We always start with credentials and fit, and then the last stage for us is pricing. That's the last mm -hmm. thing. If you're starting with pricing, we already know what you value. And so that's not what we value. So no. Right. Um, and so it, it is certainly like the people equation on the, the in the agency, out, outside the agency, like that is our, that is our product at the end of the day. That is the culture we're building. That's how we get to where we want to get to. And it's a critical, it's the piece that we can't mess up, you know, like it's yeah. a critical part of the equation. And that's the story doing that we're talking about. Like imagine being a new hire into your agency and seeing leadership say no to a potential $3 million budget because pricing's the first step. You'd be like, holy shit, like these people and every day and every move they make are standing for what they believe in. And I imagine that that's an evolution as well. Like Big time. you can't just flick a switch and be like, now we say no to everything that's pricing based or whatever. <laughs> like you have to work to it. And that's what they say about like disruptive innovation, right? It's small steps mm -hmm. towards a disruptive future, but mm -hmm. it's not a light switch. It's mm -hmm. like, how do we move the needle incrementally over time? Yeah. And your employees, your clients like see you doing that, right? And it's the proof in the pudding of like, we actually mean we want to change. It's not going to happen overnight, but we're going to evolve this thing together. Big time. And I think going back to Sean, what you said on vis visionary versus the person who brings the vision to life, I definitely don't think of myself as a visionary, but I think one of the things that I've learned, you know, through a lot of coaching, to be honest, that I can do that is unique is when there's a vision that I believe in, I can see it. Like I can you shape see it. it, how to, how to get it in a way that Lindsay, to your point, it's those, it's all about those small nudges and those small moments. And if I think about even my role in our executive team, you know, I work, I've two entrepreneurs, I've Steve, and then, you know, our head of media, who's also a serial entrepreneur. Uh, and my role is constantly to say, okay, I know you want to be here and we're here, but think about all these hundreds of things we did to get here, you know, and, and re mm. remind them that it's like every single thing you do is a small nudge that gets you to that greater goal. And so I completely agree that it's about those small things, but for yeah. people, for regular people at the agency where this is, you know, your job and not your, you know, you're not as emotionally attached to it as I am. Let's just put it this way. Right. <laughs> 
As um, are we, yeah. <laughs> right? right? So for, yeah. for regular people at the agency, those small things matter more than like the big, beautiful mural the big sweeping, on the side yes, of our building. Big sweeping right? statements. Exactly. Because right? people exactly. can roll their eyes at the statements. It's the little things where they're like, all right, I'm, I'm buying in like as I see the proof in the pudding. Especially 100%. when you're on the third statement in the third year. You know, like this year is going to be about rocking it. That's, That's our right. theme for this year. And we're going to show you how we rocked it and how we're going to rock it. <laughs> yeah, we're, play, we're working on that right now, actually. That's Thank like our you. end of year town hall. So you've written you've written my script for me, Sean. Thank you. We're going to rock it. We're going to rock it. Okay. I have a burning question. Okay. Because um, I think the ad in marketing industry, as well as myself personally, are kind of obsessed with indie shops right now independence mm -hmm. and like what's going on with independence i would mm -hmm. say like 10 five years ago still the big boys the holding companies the network global shops were like on a pedestal and now you see like acquisition after acquisition and big traditional legacy shops being dissolved and turned into other things and mm -hmm. then you have this group of independents that are like coming up and like being so well respected for creative and agility and the no bullshit kind of attitude and like this is what we're going to do how, so my question for you is how do you feel like your independent status and how you work and how the founders play into everything you used to your advantage to be able to have a transformation like this because mm -hmm. the big boys can't do stuff like this right you're in such a unique position and you actually did it and mm -hmm. are doing it and so what's your thought on independent and how that enabled you to transform mm -hmm. i think it was the key enabler to your point i mean i'm so proud of this like indie movement we're experiencing yeah, in right? the country and you know the other thing i love about other indie agencies is i've never and maybe i'm really fortunate lucky so i'm gonna knock on wood if when I meet other indie agency owners or chief creative officers or managing directors, we're all rooting for each other. You know, yes. like there isn't <laughs> the same competitive spirit that used to exist where you just want to knock the other person down. You know, when I see, when I go to global uh, conferences and award shows and I see Rethink's work up there, I'm like, yeah, we did. Like, yeah, you just put Canada on a global stage, right? When I, I saw, you know, we work closely with the team from Courage um, on CIBC. I saw them, uh, you know, their chief creative officer at the CMAs at the Canadian Marketing Awards. And the two of us were like, yeah, indie, you know, like you, yeah. we, we're, we're legitimately trying to be supportive of one another. And it's a, it feels like a little sort of small crew of you know uh people who just want to do great things in a collaborative way i think for us as it related to this transformation there's a couple of key things that happened that enabled us to get there the first thing is and this is this is like the way our owners work when i used to present a business plan in my holding company days or even at, before that um, I always had to talk about how I was going to make the bottom line and save the company money. Like that is a key yeah. part of presenting a business plan or a client plan, right? Because that's how business. How more efficient? Exactly. My first year at Fuse, before Fuse Create, when I was still running Experiential and my first business plan I presented, that I remember the partners looking at us saying, okay, this is all amazing. Great job. Well done. High fives. Now, what investment do you need from us? And I'm like- wow. 
I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, you're going to give sure. me the me money? And they're like, <laughs> I don't have to give you the money? Right. And I mean, they're it's like, like, how are you personally going to pay for this? But I'm like, not what? even down on my knees yet. Like, what? like what's exactly. happening? Exactly. I was in shock because, you know, A, I'm not used to that. B, we're a tiny business. It's our first, like, tiny. It's our first year. We're barely making profit. Like, the goal is always your one is to break even. And they're like, where do you need investment? And I think like that blew my mind and it was a, an immediate mind shift change to say, oh, I can ask for things here. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. I like that. Um, and then the second moment was during the Fuse Create transformation, we're in the middle of COVID. I said at the beginning, we lost 40% of our business. Um, yeah. And, you know, we didn't, we, there were two people who were like in the field that we had to furlough. With the exception of those two people, we didn't lay off a single person. We carried, wow. I mean, in fairness, we got government support, obviously, because yeah. we're a Canadian indie. So we yeah. definitely got government support, but there were lots of organizations that got government support that still fired a bunch of people because they use that government support for other reasons. Maybe that's a thing. Or they just, or they just didn't have the vision that, you know, they don't think beyond three months, right? They what they say a lot of businesses. They don't think beyond three months. Yeah. So we went to not, so we went to our leadership and we said, we're not, we need these, this talent to get us through this. So we kept everybody on. Um, then, then two years later, kind of, in 2021, actually, I don't know if you guys remember this now, suddenly the business started to boom and everybody's looking for people, right? Yes. We'd laid off the whole industry. Now suddenly everyone's looking for people and, and everything's booming. We thankfully had the staff, but at this point we had just gotten bronze in, in the, the small agency, uh, strategy small agency of the year awards. So we had every recruiter in the city calling our people, trying wow. to take poach people. That's, yeah. And we, at this point, like invested so much in people, right? Because we hadn't, you know, laid anyone off. And so I remember yeah. a meeting with the executive team, with the owners, where Steve and I were like, we need to up everyone's salary. <laughs> wow. And I mean, this is like, we're still in COVID. Think about 2021. Yeah. We're still in COVID. We're running on government money. And we're sitting in front of the owner saying, our people are getting poached. Salaries are now 20 to 30% higher than they were a year ago. Is everyone like freaking throwing money at people to leave? Yeah. We yeah. need to look at our entire staff and up them to in what is the new industry standard. Wow. And I mean, we, instead of an attitude of like, let them go, if they, no. if they want to go, let them go. It's like, no, we need to prove our. our we couldn't afford to lose yeah. people. And we were yeah. so focused on building this agency. And at this point, like think about how time effort, right? The amount of time we've spent yeah. training these people to like indoctrinate them into our new culture. It was at the time where, you know, now we starting again, just felt like exhausting and we were both exhausted also. And so mm -hmm. we just said, we put it in front of them. We asked our HR director to then like go and do an industry audit of where salaries were and look mm -hmm. at every individual and up their salary to hit industry average without them asking us wow. for it. But that's, wow. that's the game changer because now you no longer are, are just fighting a dollar. You did a very proactive risky thing to some, Yes. but what you guys realized is the risk is the risk is greater if we don't, because the only thing more expensive than hiring someone is firing them. <laughs> A hundred percent. And, you know, when going back to your question, Lindsay, the only reason we could do that is because we're an indie. That's the only right. reason. 
that would never happen if we weren't yes. an indie and the guys who are making the decisions are our partners and they you know have that share our values and believe in the same things and believe in the vision and so that's the only reason we could do that and you know our retention rate like i think our turnover rate is is under five percent at the agency wow and our average in a transient environment that's so lindsay and i aren't gonna get jobs is that what you're trying to just tell us real nice hey i mean listen because i'm ready well if if we hire your people stay an average of five years so you better be ready to come whoa yeah shut up five years yeah that's awesome well i just applause thank you uh we're out of time almost i just wanted to thank you for wow you're great I'm happy to support your own podcast if you want to do that. Um, I do think it's really important to, you know, it's it, the, the stories come back full circle. You know, it's great that Lindsay and I can talk about how we went on our own and that allowed us to design our own experience. Why you're here is because you actually did it as an employee, right? Like as a person who had the same frustration, but you had, you wanted different things mm -hmm. and you've done it for an organization in an entrepreneurial sp uh, spirit, but among peers who all believe the same mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. 100%. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, the lessons I've learned from your story is to bring that perspective saying, you can't just say you're going to do it or these things yeah. you say you want to be probably not a good idea based mm -hmm. on what we see. So it's nice to see that it is happening. And I love the celebration of indies because it's indies who are doing it and they're, mm -hmm. it's yeah. indies who can do it. They can do the best work. They're changing the changing game. The game, changing the game. So, you know, Slowly you guys choose create, you're not alone. Also like so impressive, but you know, you've got the Zulu alpha kilos out there and mm. you have, you've, you've talked about a few of them, the jackknives. So exciting when sometimes we tend to get a little stuck and like, will we ever get to change things? And I think, you know, you're a perfect example as is the indie culture mm -hmm. around advertising marketing. I want to thank you for sharing your story. Um, I feel like you bring so much of the operational side of things, which let's be honest, most people don't know what that is, but also it's not appreciated a lot, right? Also my operations. mom doesn't know what I do with operations either. Right, so it's about <laughs> taking all the stuff. It's about breaking down walls. It's about doing things differently so everyone can do what they love, do great work mm -hmm. and benefit financially mm -hmm. and personally, including mm -hmm. the company. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. Such a great conversation. I really appreciate it. We appreciate it more. Your energy is in, like, I'm reinvigorated coming out of this conversation. So I really appreciate your point of view and your time. Um, and we can't wait to see what Fuse Create is going to continue to do in the future. Very exciting times for you all. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. That's a wrap. Yeah, that's a wrap, Marketeers. Thank you so much for joining us, Alina. You have a wonderful rest of year and good luck to you guys as you accomplish your next three-year plan. Thank you, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Two Marketeers podcast. New episodes launch every two weeks. Find the Two Marketeers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you like to listen. And be sure to rate and subscribe. Listen on our website, thetwomarketeers.ca, or you can ask Alexa to play the Two Marketeers podcast. 
Want to keep in touch? Follow the Two Marketeers on LinkedIn or at Two Marketeers on TikTok. We've always got something to share. This podcast is over.